the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Today, let's talk more about Hanukkah. I know we got an early start this year on it, uh, but Hanukkah is is a great subject, a great holiday to talk about. And so let's pray first. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we give you our love. And Lord, we dedicate our lives to you. Lord, that means we're committed. We're committed to you, Lord. Whether things are good or whether things are bad, we will follow you. We will trust you. And so we are truly dedicated to you, Lord. We thank you for this holiday coming up of Hanukkah, where we speak about our dedication and our promise that we too would be a light. So, Lord, we bless you. We thank you and praise you and give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So this is a great time uh, for one of our rabbis to come visit your church or speak on various topics, uh, maybe even at your Bible study. Um, So give us a call or email us. You can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or you can call at 813-831-5673. Don't forget, we love visitors at our services, and we're not competitive because we're on Friday nights and Saturday mornings, so check our website at shereshdavid.org and come and bring your Jewish friends. We'd love it. And uh, if you wouldn't mind helping to support financially our uh, radio program, it would be a blessing to help us stay on air. So again, you can speak to Karen at 813-831-5673 or donate online at heartofmessiah.org. So last week, we began this discussion of Hanukkah. We started with the history and the major themes. The major themes were deliverance, meaning we were saved uh, and in Though the physical, we were saved physically, we know that deliverance means we are saved from sin. And and secondly, major theme is that they had to cleanse the temple, and we too have to cleanse our temple, our body, our mind, and our spirit, right? Thirdly, uh, we our third theme is dedication. We dedicate our selves to the Lord, and that is similar to what I prayed uh, as we began, 
because when we dedicate ourselves to the Lord, we're saying we are committed. Whether things are good or whether things are bad, we are committed. Fourth, we're, one of the things we're committed to is being a light just as Yeshua is the light that lights the other candles uh, symbolically. Uh, we are then re- receiving his light in order we can pass that light on and be a light to the world, to all that we meet. We are to be a light. We are to be encouraging. We are to really be a blessing to people. And number five, we are to be a servant. We're supposed to serve others. We're supposed to serve God. And that's the fifth theme of Hanukkah. So today, we're going to talk about what sins have defiled our temple. What are the sins uh, that are, and, and this is a, a teaching that I do pretty much every year at Hanukkah time because I feel it's so important uh, to repeat this teaching. You know, there's a spiritual war going on, and though we don't see it, it's there. Years ago, uh, one of the books that I read that uh, I've read a a number of times and even listened to on Audible uh, is This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. If you haven't read it, you've got to do so. It is one of the books that I, I think everybody should read. any rate, it will open your mind to the spiritual warfare that many people don't think about. And so for them, if you don't think about it, it doesn't exist. Well, this warfare comes in many forms. All of this warfare comes under one broad category. Do not have other gods before the one true God. Now, these are things that can hurt us, these, these things that we put before God. And so I'm going to give you the five isms. I like to put things in categories. And these are the isms, the things that we need to be careful about. Uh, let's look at these, what I would call deceitful practices. They are the sins that defile or they uh, make our temple dirty, okay? So I guess all sins do that, right? (laughs) Number one is Hellenism. So what Hellenism is, it's when we import or we bring to ourselves a culture more important than the culture of God. Now, I know that most of you probably say, well, I don't do that. Well, let, let me give you some examples. That's why many people skip services and go twice a month rather than weekly. Other things take priority. Our American culture is more important than our culture of God. Uh, it could be we have to work, our finances, or we seek to have more power or fame. But there are a lot of reasons why we do what we do. And we have to be careful that they don't overtake the importance of God. All of our modern conveniences are part of our culture and have the potential to defile us. For instance, phones, phones, 
Facebook, TV, movies. They can all distract us, right, from our relationship with God. They heighten our desire to be entertained and have fun. And these modern conveniences can become more important than God. I think that's one of the reasons it's so hard to get our kids to focus on God is because they're focused on their phone. And that's more important to them. And we haven't really gotten them to see that uh, we allow that to happen. Let's put it like that in our family. Our culture creates causes which become more important than God. Uh, An example is the environment. As important as the environment might be, it's not as important as God. Who made the environment? Or racial or social injustices have become a religion, and even believers have made our culture more important than our relationship with God. In other words, these things that are uh, important to us, we, we start making it so important that we make God less important. We're, you really were being seduced by our culture. Want me to say that again? Probably not. We're being seduced by our culture. Well, so that was number one. That's Hellenism. And certainly the Maccabees got caught up in that, and that's why they weren't ready when things turned. And and are we going to be ready in this country? We we have become, in a sense, Hellenistic. Yeah? We've taken on the culture of our country. Number two, progressivism. It's a word that we hear a lot of. It really means importing the world's knowledge over God's knowledge and God's wisdom. So becoming more modern, the world is saying to us that we are not up with the times. Everything we have done in the past is wrong. And the world has brought a greater enlightenment. Some believers have bought into this ideology. We see this in the church, right? To the modern world, it makes sense to try out marriage by living together first and then committing if it works out. To the modern world, homosexuality is normal. Being a transsexual is normal. And is a matter of choice. And we see this that I would say 50% of the churches are leaning in that direction. And 50% aren't. But, but that's a good, that's a big percentage of people who say they're believers who have been seduced again by our culture. Number three, deciding what gender you are. This this is especially well no I I was going to say especially if your kids it's it's awful but it's it's just awful forget it at any age and if you disagree with progressive they will make you out to be a villain and we see that all the time 
They'll call you a hater. They'll, they'll figure out some words to describe you that people will attach to you. And this is why the churches and other, and people have gone along with this, the progressive ideas. Progressives can act mean-spirited because you either agree with them or you're wrong and they do whatever it takes to point it out. As you know, so one of the characteristics of being a progressive is that you are extremely tolerant, except with people who are not progressive or who disagree with you. So they'll tell you how tolerant they are because of all the virtues that they believe in, you know, equality for same-sex marriage and so on. But as soon as you disagree, tolerance is gone. And now we even see this fight in, in terms of conversations, this whole thing with Twitter going on now. We see that the progressives are making Twitter the bad guy because they want free speech. It's hard to believe, I know. Relativism is number three. Relativism means truth changes based on the times we live in. So the definition of sin is different from the 20th century to the 21st century because, again, we have gotten smarter. Adultery, homosexuality used to be a crime. Various sexual crimes, including homosexuality, were against the law until the 21st century. So relativism leads to you being your own God and deciding what truth is. Relativism can accept the Bible, cannot accept the Bible, excuse me, cannot accept the Bible because it hasn't been updated by them. (laughs) Modern society, right? And relativism has no problem changing history because they see it as making it more current with the times. And that's a big fight going on right now, even for our history books, for our kids. So the the people who are involved in relativism have no problem changing the history to fit their agenda. Relativism has no authority because there is no truth except for what they are speaking. In other words, there's no people or things that are authority over somebody who is a relevant, uh, who is relative uh, in this sense, who is part of relativism. And relativism is redefining of truth, which makes no sense because in order for truth to be truth, it can never change. That's why God's word is critical for our foundation and the foundation of our country, because God's word is true, because it never changes. It's the definition of truth. Okay, number four, emotionalism allows our needs and desires to direct our speech and our actions. And you notice how people are more self-centered than ever before? So a woman should have a choice about whether they should kill their own child that's in the womb. 
I mean, look, if they feel a certain way, we should honor their feelings, okay? And, you know, we shouldn't tell them right or wrong. It's more important that they feel good about themselves. It's self-centered behavior. A woman should have a choice. Our character changes based on our feelings instead of our feelings being led by our character. Does that make sense? How often have you heard someone say, the God I serve wouldn't do that? Because if it's based on emotion, you, you can even judge God. Some things God does will make us uncomfortable, wouldn't you agree? He punishes. He allows bad things to happen to good people. He allows suffering in the world. However, the same people who get upset with those things would get upset if they thought we didn't have freedom and God controlled everything and we were like robots. So, you know, what can I say? Since our emotional rule, our emotions rule, our, our children see the world differently. Kids don't have to be respectful because they see from grown-ups. it's all about how you feel. We don't want to hurt kids emotionally, so everyone has to get a trophy. No one can be seen as better than others. That's why kids can choose their gender. When the world is ruled by emotions, one can do anything for any reason because it's how you feel. It is also why liberals are allowed to riot and conservatives are not. <laughs> it's why the courts rule in favor of the emotional person. People rejoice, but if they rule against them, they can use tyranny to change the ruling. The whole area of gender identity is about emotions. I understand that many people believe that it is not a choice, but this is how they were made. Yes, we are different in how we think, what we feel. When we act on those feelings, we usually do something bad and rationalize it so it seems correct. When you lie about something, you do it because your emotion says that if you don't lie, you will get hurt. It comes out of fear. Should we say that lying is okay because we don't want the person who lied to feel bad about themselves? If I have strong urges to have sex, should I be allowed to force girls to have sex because this is how God made me? A pedophile is an adult who is sexually attracted to young children, and depending on how they act, out on that attraction it is against the law how is this different from allowing your tendencies to cause you to be gay or transvestite the more we give in to our emotions we will do things that are against god's will even the emotion of greed causes us to mishandle money. I love this quote by Abraham Joshua Herschel. He was a Polish-born American rabbi and one of the leading Jewish theologians and philosophers in the 20th century. He said, self-respect is the root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself. 
And finally, number five, super spiritualism. Believing that God is speaking to you allows you to be not accountable or submitted to anything. Others, no authority. We see this with believers in Yeshua. Helps you not look at your own issues because you don't need to. You've heard from God. Helps you not look at reality. There's a fine line here because we should and do hear from God. I'm not saying we don't, but we should be teachable. We should be under authority of Scripture and under the authority of at least one person who we have respect for so that if we are going in the wrong direction, they can right our ship. You know what I mean? Look, these attacks on our temple comes from usual places and seems to be beneficial initially or makes sense, but they lead to darkness and great problems. These sins are intermingled, and though they are different, they support each other and give people a sense they are doing the right thing. They result from not following Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm sure you all know it. Trust in Adonai with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. These five defilements, these five sins, they make might seem good because we're learning on our own understanding. But we are not trusting God in his word. We are not acknowledging him. The result is following the world rather than God, even though we are believers. Many of these ideas start off with great intentions and seek to right a wrong. Then they lose their way, like the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was founded in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, particularly black women and girls, and other young women of color from low-wealth communities find pathways to healing. Sounds great. Who couldn't support this? However, emotions got involved, and now they are the politically correct police, And many bad cultural decisions have been and are being made because of this movement. God has put us together on this earth to work out our issues with others. A very few of us are called to be lone rangers. Yes, God has put us on the earth to glorify him. He also gave us a second commandment, which is to love our neighbor. As we figure out what love looks like and sounds like and acts like, we glorify God. These isms drive us away from God. They defile our temple. God wants us to dedicate ourselves to him so we can stay on the right path, the straight path, the path that leads to abundance rather than destruction. As we get ready to celebrate Hanukkah, would it, you should use this time to dedicate your life to the Lord and not allow these other gods, these other isms to take over in your life. As we uh, look at this, I would just mention Galatians five thirteen and 14. Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the flesh. 
but through love serve one another. For the whole Torah can be summed up in a single saying, love your neighbor as yourself. The second scripture that I would end with today is Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua, who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. What does it look like to empty yourself? We need to empty ourselves. We need to follow Yeshua. Hanukkah, the word means dedication. Let us dedicate ourselves to him today. Avinu Malkeinu, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for Yeshua, our Messiah. And we ask that everybody listening will have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.